Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? I'm doing good, Henry. You know, Henry, it's October. It should yes. be fall sweater sweater weather, but it is hot down yeah. here in Orange <laughs> County. It's like 90 degrees right now still. Dang. Well, it is warm and hot, actually, uh, up here in Northern California as well. So summer's not done yet, apparently. <laughs> I am also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how goes? How's it going? It's going well. Um, also, I was going to talk about how hot it was. It's <laughs> a little opener. Yeah, but it did finally cool down, but it was like over 90 today. Yeah. Summer part two. <laughs> Crazy. It is October 6th, 2023. Yeah, October, and it still feels like summer. Today, we're going to talk some Ahsoka. And (laughs) uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. This should be an interesting conversation. Okay, so um, yeah, the Ahsoka series on Disney Plus just wrapped up just recently days ago and we're going to get into it um, before we get into spoilery detail why don't we talk a little bit about expectations um yeah let's definitely talk about expectations because this series more than many um felt like uh some homework or previous viewing could have been really helpful um so yeah let's get a gauge on how much backstory we all had and yeah like i said expectations uh you want to start preferio yeah so you know to be honest when it, this uh project was announced i didn't really care i was like oh this is one of those projects where freaking disney's just milking a tv show out of like a character you know um i always had like this really good like respect for the character ahsoka but i was never really fully invested and being like oh i need to watch a tv show surrounding this character or anything like that you know um so i was just like you know i'll watch it especially since i feel like uh disney plus shows don't always have like the best reputation you know of doing well you know so i was like whatever but um i think like when disney first released a trailer i was kind of confused of where a lot of who a lot of these characters were but i remember seeing online that you know they were like in rebels and stuff and i so i made it i went out of my way to watch rebels and so I, I watched the trailer after I watched Rebels, and then I was then I was like more invested, like mm-hmm. more interested, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I've watched all the Star Wars movies. I've watched Clone Wars and Rebels, and but I can still honestly say I just still did not have like the high expectations for Ahsoka and how it was going to turn out. Got it. Okay. How about you, Christian? Let's see. So, um, I guess I never watched Rebels either. Uh, 
And I only saw like bits and pieces of say like Clone Wars. So um so I, I knew of the Ahsoka character. Of course she appeared in Mandalorian season two for an episode. So but um so I, I really didn't know kind of what to think. The trailer did look pretty cool. Um you know, it had some good lightsaber action and all that, and had some nice mystery. But uh I guess yeah, I wasn't feeling as hot about this going in, I think. It's like Porfirio said, kind of with kind of the way I think a lot of these Disney Plus shows have been lately received. Especially after we uh, you know, we kind of we kind of railed pretty hard against the last one, Secret Invasion. <laughs> yeah. So this had a. I'll also admit this had a. This one had a bit of an uphill battle to mm -hmm. climb. So uh, I guess uh, you know, feeling feeling a little lukewarm, so to speak, going in. Got it. Okay. Uh, on my end, let's see. So I would consider myself a huge. Star Wars movie fan. I'm pretty sure I've seen every Star Wars movie that has released theatrically. Um, and I do love many of those movies. On the flip side, uh, when we're talking about Star Wars fandom with gaming, novelizations, comic books, and TV series, um, that's when I am much more of a casual fan, um, particularly pre-Disney+. Plus. Like, Disney+, Plus, I've pretty much been watching all the live-action shows. Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, Book of Boba Fett, now Ahsoka. I've seen every episode. Um, but yeah, I have never seen an episode of Rebels, of Clone Wars. Um, and uh, yeah, a, a lot of the backstory to this show, to Ahsoka, um, no, no idea, <laughs> clueless. Mm -hmm. uh, I will. I did mention I have seen every Star Wars movie that is released theatrically. That does include the 2008 Clone Wars movie. I have seen that. And that was actually the first appearance of Ahsoka Tano. Uh, so I, um, I was uh, uh, casually aware of the character. So that all said, um, I didn't uh, really know what to expect with this show. And um, I can't say I was too excited about it, but I was curious because um, anytime uh, there's something, well, with a Star Wars property that I'm not too familiar with, um, I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I want to I learn more. And uh, I, I did have that curiosity going in, but like I said, I can't say I was like super excited or anything like that. Okay, uh, so that all said, uh, let's give the spoiler alert, not only for the Ahsoka Tano TV series, uh, but for Clone Wars and Rebels too, because um, we're going to get into a lot of the backstory and just uh, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, fair warning. You've been alerted. Spoilers ahead. Okay, so let's start with the Ahsoka show. Um, yeah, like I said, this just ended a few days ago, so it should be pretty fresh in our minds. And we're probably still processing <laughs> it all. 
Um, but let's start positive. Yeah, what was good? What did you guys like about this show? Anyone want to kick it off here? Perfirio? I know I, you liked <laughs> a lot of it, so I have, I have a lot to say that I love about <laughs> the show. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I had said earlier, I watched Clone Wars and Rebels. You know, Rebels, I watched in the beginning of the year. And Clone Wars, I watched kind of recently during the pandemic. So, like, just even, like, a few years ago. So, it's still pretty fresh in my mind. And um, this show had a lot, a lot, a lot of Easter eggs connected to those two TV series. And I was like, oh, this is really awesome. You know, like, I think it's... I think I say with pretty confidence that like Ahsoka is basically um, like Rebels season five. <laughs> it's hard to say like if Ahsoka is like its own kind of series, but um, it's definitely like Rebels season five because there's just a lot of those characters from those, that TV show in it. And there's just, it had like so many like, it was just cool one seeing these characters from Rebels like be live action characters for the first time, but also being like seeing it like um again because uh what's his name Dave Filoni, he mm-hmm. worked on Clone Wars and Rebels and now this show you know he he made Ahsoka you know, so this was probably like a three sixty for him to like make in a cartoon character from the clone wars movie that you said henry to now like having its own tv show you know so he knows this character back and forth you know and i think that like it 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 shows you know this ahsoka you know like every little detail about like oh ahsoka would do this ahsoka would wear that you know like it's just scary accurate how like rosario Dawson like gives justice to this character you know it's it's um yeah that i guess that's my biggest like the biggest praise i'm giving right now it's just like the writing and the easter eggs the details like it's just on point and if you watch those two shows you're going to be very satisfied with how this show turned out. Excellent. And yeah, I'm sure you'll have some uh, highlights to share throughout, but uh, we can keep things moving. Uh, Christian, any positives you want to call out for this show? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that really jumped out at me is the show. Um, something I, I've realized I've been missing for a while um, is actually just straight up lightsabers. Um, I think that Disney lightsaber fights in say like the the sequel trilogy, we even really uh, were all kind of weak, um, and none of them were really memorable. Um, and the the like the fights and the fight choreography, it's one thing that I think everybody loves from the prequel trilogy. Uh, it's kind of well, big, you know, I think like kind of like one of its biggest highlights, you know. 
And it's something we haven't really gotten in a while. I think um, a lot of Disney Star Wars has tried to move a bit away from the lightsabers with Rogue One um, and, say, uh, uh, the Mandalorian main characters that don't use any lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, the final fight in the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show like had lightsabers you had this duel between obi-wan and darth vader but it was way too force like over the top of the force they were like kind of it wasn't even about the lightsabers anymore they were just throwing (laughs) mountains at each other you know and i thought that was like way too over the top whereas this one i thought there was like good lightsaber action uh ahsoka had her had these two cool like white lightsabers which you never really saw in live action um minus that mandalorian appearance of course but you got like different colors you have like different kind of moves with it um you actually have like there's like a i think and some of the fights she has are like pretty solid i really like the the final fight we already gave the spoiler warning so the final big fight between her and morgan elspeth where morgan has a sword i i thought was really cool and so it was not and you kind of got a little bit of lightsaber action each episode for the for the most part um and i think kind of going off that i thought the i thought it was like visually like visually great i really liked the visuals mm-hmm. i thought the camera work was really good and um i thought like the cgi looked really really good for the so i'll start off with that Excellent. visually great yeah Good points, Christian. I agree with a lot of that. Like, I don't know about the action per se, but I I did like the fact that it was like non Skywalker related lightsaber battles, right? <laughs> I mean, Anakin Skywalker is in it, but um, he's not doing uh, like the fighting, right? So a lot of lightsaber action that has nothing to do with Skywalkers and. And that's cool, you know, like, uh, we don't haven't seen a, a ton of that. Um, and then uh, the, the look of it. OK, this is like my primary plus for this show. The show looks amazing. Like, I really wanted to call out the production design. The production design is in the show is beautiful. It looks so cool. Like they built a universe that like I want to visit. Like I want to go to these places, right? Mm-hmm. Um like so many awesome sets. Uh one that stuck out in particular is there's a set where it's like like this 3D illuminated map of the universe. You guys remember this is kind of an earlier episode, but it, it's just it's like jaw-droppingly beautiful. And just all throughout, it looks super cool and Christian, you mentioned like the CGI was was good. Like I-, I couldn't tell what was practical and what was CGI and what was like a real set and what was like computer generated. Um, but it it didn't really matter. I, I just kind of went with it. I was like, this just this just looks so awesome. And and it's just like kudos to the the, the production design people on this show. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely agree about. The look of the show it's it's really awesome mm-hmm. cool um yeah any other any other pluses we want to shout out here yeah um i got a care one character i think really stood out to me that i'm like 
okay, this is really cool. I really liked uh, Balaam Skull, played by um, Ray Stevenson. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Ray Stevenson passed a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and so uh, I thought that he kind of has this almost like anti-Obi-Wan Kenobi type of presence in a way where he's kind of the wise older character of course with his his younger more brash uh protege played by Sh or with Shin but I thought mm -hmm. um there's kind of like this gravitas to his to his performance I really liked him in just about every scene he was in um I actually did not know that Ray Stevenson unfortunately passed away very early and only a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is kind of sad that, you know, like I said, we already give the spoiler warning that his arc kind of does end on a, like a literal cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And, and so because it's just like, man, I really want to see where they take this character. I really like this guy. I, I thought like he really, he had such an imposing yet wise presence in a way he somehow struck a really good balance between the two mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i you know to echo a lot of what you said christian i every scene that he was in like balon i was like instantly drawn to you know you guys talked about the jedi lightsaber fights you know, earlier, like the one between him and Ahsoka was like one of my favorite of all time. And I think, you know, call me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there was just two different like fighting styles involved right there. I feel like Balon had like a more like if a knight kind of fighting style, like he just like there was like a very like heavy emphasis of him like holding the handle and just like just thrusting like his power from like the handle you know whereas like ahsoka had like more of kind of like a samurai like swift kind of fighting style where like once she has like a dual lightsaber which she didn't use in that in that fight but she's just more like like you know is is like I don't know how to describe it, but, like, can be defensive with it, but also be, like, very, like, swift and sneaky with it, you know? Like, she doesn't rely so much on, like, power, whereas, like, Balon did, and more uh, on her, like, technique, you know? And so it was just interesting, like, seeing two different Jedi um, fights with the lightsabers just go on, go at it at each other. And that's one point I have to bring up. And then the other point is like Balon, like you said, Christian, it's just he did give like it like this like older, wiser Obi-Wan kind of like figure, you know, of like like he wasn't so much like for the Empire kind of person, like we have to conquer the universe. He had like a uh motive behind everything he wanted to do, you know, like at the end of the day. He didn't want to go with Thrawn back to, like, the other galaxy. He wanted to get stayed behind because he wanted to, like, unlock some other kind of, like, power, you know, or something. And he had, like, his own agenda. And he even, you know, gave, like, this, like, a lot of, like, prep to his, like, Padawan. 
Shen of like, don't rush to get to like a goal, you know, take your time. And I think that just comes from like his training from like the Jedi temple, you know? And so it was just, his character, the acting, the writing was just like a hundred, like, percent like tens across the board like it it was just amazing and it's unfortunate that we're not going to see that be completed or um continued in the next season right on um yeah not to pile on too much but yeah absolutely r.i.p ray stevenson um it is kind of tragic he died fairly young he was only in his uh, late 50s. Um, but what a gift this was. After he passes, he he gives us this performance, which is really great. And um, pretty cool that the last you see the character on the show, he's just kind of peacefully looking over this beautiful landscape, right? And it's really touching, right? Knowing that he had passed and to see him in this like kind of deep meditative moment is is kind of poetic right um oh yeah i cried <laughs> it's 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 like wow did that was that pre-planned did uh-huh. they do that after he passed like it's it's like just they they nailed that moment right the, the emotions were there you know yeah yeah totally and i just kind of wanted to call out like the primary villain group in the show well in the early part of the show, what I thought was the primary villain group, uh, which is Balin Skull, as you've been saying, uh, but also Shin Hati, his apprentice, his apprentice, and Morgan Elsbeth. Like that, that trio of villains was very interesting to me. Like um, they drew me in, and uh, they kind of kept me going. Like th- they were the group of characters I was most interested throughout the show um so i thought the show had very cool villains let's just put it that way um they weren't the only villains as it turned out i'll have some more to talk about there but um like early on these were the main baddies and um i was uh i was into it i was i was digging the vibe with these three characters for sure okay so as i've been saying we can continue to throw out positives but maybe we can start to shift gears a bit get into some of the stuff we didn't like so much any negatives we want to call out about the ahsoka show it wasn't long enough (laughs) which is like a hidden compliment from the sounds of it we only got eight episodes and there was just so much story to be have to have been told i don't want to wait till season two <laughs> that's my yeah. biggest complaint so clearly preferio was wanting more um <laughs> we did get eight episodes though which is pretty good i thought it was i thought it was going to be six at the beginning so when i found out it was eight i'm like oh okay we're getting a little more than i expected <laughs> but uh christian anything you want to call mm-hmm. out yeah well um let's see uh, maybe I maybe I'll kind of go on Perfira's point because I also kind of thought it was a little too short. Um, of course, I I think like I'll, I'll well everything looked really good, and of course Perfira like 
we definitely really liked it. Um, I think that it being too short, I'm going to say this in kind of more of a negative way, mm -hmm. because I think like uh, Thrawn and Ezra, kind of the two characters that are searching for, I, it feels like the movie, or I keep saying the movie, the show ends on, it wants to have it, an ending that kind of leads in, I guess, into like a season two or uh, Dave Filoni is going to make a heir to the empire movie. Um, but it does feel like it, it kind of ends at a mid season climax. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, you know, like what would really be a season finale? Like Thrawn is introduced, I think a little too late for such a main, for kind of this big villain, you know, like mm -hmm. you kind of barely see him. Same, same with Ezra. Although I think Ezra kind of like, I, I did enjoy Ezra's performance. Um, Whereas Thrawn, unfortunately, feels a bit kind of like, say, Kingpin and Hawkeye, you know? Mm. He's his character they're kind of building up, building up, building up. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of just shows up at the end. Or actually, they didn't really build him up at all in Hawkeye, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it's kind of just a little, oh, that's Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He gets a little bit more lead-in than, a lot more lead-in than Kingpin. But of course, like, um, since... I didn't watch Rebels. I kind of knew who he was, so I kind of had an idea. Okay, he's this big bad. But I feel like you don't really get to see a lot of him, and it uh, uh, you don't really get to see much of his plan. You don't get to see who Ezra was. When you first meet Ezra, he's like, the plan worked, didn't it? To Sabine, and I'm like, what are you talking about? What plan? Like, I'm not sure what's going on here. And so I think with a, a few more episodes, say if this was like 12 episodes or 10 episodes, um, I I think this, it would have kind of smoothed over the ending. I think the climax could have been a much bigger moment. You could have seen what happened to Thrawn. Where's Thrawn going? You know, what what does he do when he gets there? Uh, what's going to happen to Ezra? Are they going to get off the planet? Like you're like, kind of left with like all these questions at the very end. As well as I think it could have kind of helped smooth over some of the facts. Maybe we can get to this later, but this very much feels like season five of Rebels. Yeah. You know, like it, it feels like it doesn't explain enough of kind of what's going on and the significance, certain characters, their relationships, you know. And it, there was definitely like quite a few points watching this. I was very lost. Uh, on what was going on you know i just really quickly want to chime in like uh i a lot of stuff yeah like i agree with you christian like i feel like maybe this is an, an issue we could talk about later about like all like this backstory of like rebels and clone wars that you need to watch beforehand but um the ending i actually did like the ending a lot i felt like it just maybe it's just the cynical side of me, but it just gave me like Empire Strikes Back, like Infinity War kind of vibes. Like the villain got away. Fuck. Like now, what do we do? You know, it didn't like have like a heroic ending or anything like that. Like what's next? It felt like it was very much like a like the villain won. Now what's next? You know, and 
again, I think this is just a cynical side of me, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome, you know? So I like that ending, but um, I do hear what you're saying, Neil Christian, about like, there probably did need to be like a little bit more episodes to just like clarify and um, maybe the writing could have been better about like what happened, what events led up to what happened with Thrawn and Ezra and all the other characters, you know, to how it got to Ahsoka, you know, like, yeah, but that that's my take. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so the whole Rebels season five thing, we'll, we'll get to that, <laughs> but we'll definitely get to that. Um, like the the question of of how inside is too inside, right? We'll we'll get there. Um, but for, furthering on this a uh, discussion about the end to the show, yeah, I definitely had some thoughts there. Um, yeah, I like what you mentioned, Christian, about how it kind of felt like a mid season finale rather than a season finale. I definitely agree there. Um. Yeah, it was kind of a nothing really happened ending, right? Um, so, Prefer, you brought some interesting examples with Empire Strikes Back and Infinity War. And yeah, there there was kind of a downer vibe at the end of Ahsoka, but I don't think it felt like a big L for the good guys. Like, Infinity War, huge L for the Avengers. <laughs> um, Empire Strikes Back... You know, Luke Skywalker is minus a hand. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite and who he's who knows where in the galaxy, right? Um, so the, the the bad guys won, right? Um, here, it, it felt like a tie, right? It felt like nothing really happened. Like at the end of the show, Ezra kind of switched places with Ahsoka and Sabine but they're all still alive and safe and like none of them died um yeah none of the primary good guys died it, it felt like it's high it felt like a neutral ending and it it really just felt like a nothing really happened ending to me so i was yeah i was kind of like wow like that's how they're ending this huh um so that yeah that was kind of a negative for me because it it was it was an ending that really wasn't an ending <laughs> no, nothing nothing really happened so kind of a boring ending in my opinion um okay uh, another thing i wanted to bring out i i i mentioned how i really like the villains on the show on the flip side i was honestly really bored with the heroes in the show the protagonists i know Perfirio, um you love the soka character and uh, you have a lot more like background on her. Um, so I'm just more of a casual fan here, but <laughs> just evaluating this show on face value, like uh, Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra, like, like I, I was pretty bored. Like I did not find these characters interesting. I really could not care less about like what happened in their stories. Um, yeah, maybe specifically Ahsoka. Um, Rosario Dawson is like an amazing actress. What like uh, a filmography she has, right? Um, 
But like, look, I mean, I, I, I just thought about some of her past work and like Rosario Dawson in Sin City is like fucking awesome, right? She's this like wild, sexy, like warrior woman, dangerous, like wild card. And like in this show, like she I, she feels like muted to me, like she's super stoic and calm and like and just kind of boring. Like, I'll say it. She just felt boring to me. Um, and I was like, I kind of tuned out in her, her like dialogue scenes. Like I just kind of zoned out. Like it, it did. She, she didn't really capture my attention. And um, yeah, I mean, the same can be said for Sabine. Sabine was a huge part of this show also. Um, like the way the character was introduced, it was, was kind of cliche. I thought like, there's that moment really early episode one, I believe, where there's like this award ceremony and they announce her name, Sabine Wren, like, come get your medal. Right. And then everyone's looking around like, where is she? And then cut to her like on a speeder bike and she's like racing away and like they're playing like rock music. And like, it's it, it felt like so cliche, like, oh, she's a, such a rebel. Like she's a. Uh, she's like thumbing up her nose at authority right and it just felt like i don't know like like kind of kid stuff right and it was just very cliche and uh that character was pretty uninteresting to me also like and like w whereas ahsoka was just kind of a boring character to me sabine was like an annoying character to me like i really disliked her right um I, I took down this note like i don't want man i, I don't want to trash this show too much but like I, I just gotta be honest um like early on i was just kind of evaluating the sabine wren character and like i said i found her very annoying and i wasn't rooting for her but then the one thing i kind of jotted down was oh she's got cool hair <laughs> so it's episode one she had like this cool like multicolor hairstyle and then like not long after she like cuts her hair i'm like oh the one interesting interesting <laughs> thing about this character is now gone oh man uh so anyhow that's my rant there um yeah i, I so that it's, it's a hard sell if i can't get into the protagonist of a show it's gonna be really hard for me to to stay compelled right and yeah i had i had a problem like kind of sticking with the story sticking with the character just because yeah i found the leads like Kind of boring to be honest mm -hmm. yeah i'm kind of with you henry it's i, I kind of <laughs> had the same had the same thoughts um i think unfortunately i think what it also is because kind of funny is that ahsoka her like unfortunately rosario dawson's acting kind of reminded me a lot of the prequel movies mm. you have like someone like mace windu samuel jackson is known for giving these 100%, 110% performances. Over the top, you love it. He steals the show every time. But of course, he talks very, very monotone in the prequels. There's a scene where, there's of course a scene where we need to hurry. And they say it in like a very monotone voice, and then they just like kind of walk away. Uh, and how everybody is very, very stiff in the prequels. And this reminded me a lot of that, unfortunately. It it felt a bit too... Like, they really wanted the 
stoic Jedi. The they wanted the like the Jedi is wise, the Jedi is stoic, um, and in a way, the Jedi is emotionless. <laughs> um. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of what I felt from the prequels, and then, yeah, very unfortunately, it's what I felt here, specifically with Ahsoka. I think they managed to get much more character out of a lot of the some more of the side characters. Um, Sabine, you know, I think Sabine, you know, I thought she was pretty annoying too, but she kind of had a bit more emotion. Um, and of course, like Ezra had this whole like hippie vibe going. Uh, which was something, you know, something a little different, you know. But, yeah, like, it was really too bad that the heroes were definitely kind of more on the kind of blander side, but you had these really, uh, like, awesome villains. So, this is my take on those characters. Like, I, you know... Ahsoka, and I've heard Rosario Johnson say this in, like, interviews, that, like, a lot of that, I guess, like, um, guidance or whatever, you know, that she she was influenced from, like, um, Gandalf the White from Lord of the Rings, so trying to be, like, this, like, older, uh, wiser character, you know, like, I don't know if that, like, helps, like, clarify like some of that like monotone like still language that she instills but um i think you know she's this at this point of her life i feel like ahsoka is much more like reserved and like is more of like a backseat calm character compared to how she was in the clone wars and rebels again i think this is probably like just her at this stage of her eight life, you know? Um, but I understand where you guys are coming from of seeing her, like, just be, like, totally monotone. And Sabine, I'll just say, like, from Rebels, you know, in her Rebels, she was, like, in her 20s, and she definitely, like, has this, like, rebellious attitude, you know? Like, she has her, her hair in different colors and different seasons, you know? She always has a problem like authority and listening to um to instructions you know and uh it's it's cool to say that that character didn't go away from rebels but i will say that she was fucking annoying in this show (laughs) i agree with you guys she was like every decision she was like making of like you know like keeping like the 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 map sphere or like um like interactions that she had with Ezra like I was just like oh my gosh Sabine you're such like an idiot you know like like even like that one early lightsaber um fight that she had with um what's her name Shen like Mm -hmm. I just found Sabine's character annoying and it's 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 just so hard to say because I loved her character in Rebels and it's the same kind of character but I don't know if it's just the acting or the writing in this show but at this time I just found her annoying. Um, but yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Um, so a few more negatives on my end. Uh, so I wanted to bring some logic errors that I found. Um, Perfirio, maybe you can give explanations for some of these. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe you can take your <laughs> best shot. But like uh, for uh, kind of like the latter half of the season, I found a lot of like head scratcher kind of moments. Okay. Um. So give them to me. <laughs> okay. So the these villains I really love, like the first half, mm -hmm. uh, Balin, Shin, and Morgan. They, they were kind of sidelined. Uh, maybe not Morgan so much, but Balin and Shin were totally sidelined at the end of the show. I'm like, what the fuck? Um. But the it, and along with that. Uh, there's a moment where Shin is hunting uh, Ezra and uh, Sabine, and she finds them. Right? She's like, she's telling Balin, "I found them. Like, let's go get them." And Balin is like, uh, "Why don't you go ahead? Like, I'm gonna sit it out." And and she's like. Like why? <laughs> we we let's, let's get him, and he just gives some excuse like, "Oh, this is it was not meant for me." Some something along along those lines, mm. and like, I was like, "Why?" And it turns out like, if he was with her, they they would have won that battle. As it turned out, they did not win um, <laughs> because Ahsoka came, and it was weird because Ahsoka fought Balin. And then kind of to a draw, and then they got separated. Then Ahsoka found Sabine and actually saved Sabine and Ezra. But anyhow, like I, I, I was like baffled why Balin all of a sudden just like opted out. He's just like, I'm gonna sit this, sit this one out, and for no apparent reason. Um, so there's that one. Okay, any any thoughts on that, Preferio? My okay, the way I reasoned that that moment was just like um that Balin just had like he was like you know like this is like small little like battlefield between like the empire and the new republic or whatever that he was just like sick of I feel like he had like his own agenda that he wanted to do that he just didn't want to be part of like this like um like good versus bad like uh storyline anymore and he was just like you know like i want to go because he kind of explores it kind of later in the in the season of like wanting to check out like all these like um old gods and stuff and we, we could talk about that later but i think he was just like he he just had like his own agenda of like I I want to go do this and I don't want to be part of this, um like petty like fight between like Thrones Thrones Empire and this like New Republic that Sabine and Ezra are trying to get back to you know okay um, that's not but, bad that's not bad because I did kind of get this vibe of like a semi-retirement kind of vibe from Balin later mm -hmm. on where he's like, I'm kind of done with this bullshit. <laughs> I'm just going to go yeah. stand on the cliff top and, and, and chill out. <laughs> yeah. That, but that, okay, yeah. Go ahead. 
No, I was just saying, like that's just that's just my take. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's I, I get it, but it doesn't. It, it still annoys me because, like, I wanted to see, like, him kind of take on these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, let's see. I mean, I, I, we should probably shouldn't probably go through these one by one, but I'll just throw them out there. Uh, okay, so uh, there's a moment when uh, the the big star destroyer is is leaving. Mm-hmm. Thrawn is is like escaping, right? And Sabine and Ezra are like, "Oh no, he's getting away!" And this is it's this huge distance, right? And Ezra's like, "I think we, I think I can make this jump, <laughs> right?" And so he he jumps, and like um, Sabine helps him make the jump through her like Jedi abilities, right? Um, which is fine and cool, uh, but <laughs> there are. There are like literally like a couple stormtroopers just standing right in front of them. And like in my mind, they just they could have like shot him out of the sky so easily. Instead, they just stand there and just watch him jump onto the platform. That didn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah, I'll just throw these out there because I mean, there's too many to go one by one. Um, but OK, uh, another sore spot. So, okay, yeah, uh, Christian, you brought up Thrawn, how it's kind of an underdeveloped character. And when he was introduced, I'm like, okay, this is the guy they've been talking about, right? And, um, you know, I think I think the performance is 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 good. You know, um, uh, it's uh, Lars Mikkelsen, uh, and he has he's he's got this cool like gravitas about him, right? Great line deliveries, um, but I. I I had some problems with this character because uh, uh, like you mentioned, Christian, he doesn't do a lot, but what does he do? Okay. So the vibe of this character to me is he's kind of like um, a very kind of proactive, calculated leader, right? He, he doesn't take wild risks mm-hmm. and he, his big thing is like resources, right? We don't want to waste our resources doing this and that. But then what does he do? Like, okay. So this is like the, the end of the season, Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka are like are are in full attack mode, right? They're coming after him, and he's like, "Hmm, uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna send a squad of stormtroopers to attack them first, and then we'll and then we'll go from there." <laughs> like this is the dumbest thing you think of. You talk about wasting resources. He sends a bunch of useless stormtroopers, and they and what happens? They just handily defeat them and like their, their lightsabers are just deflecting other shots right and it's just a, a just a waste of, of time like the whole time i was thinking why don't you just send everyone and attack them all at once you got like four witches and all these stormtroopers and like you yourself could attack them like come on that didn't make any sense uh so i was like i was un- unimpressed by this guy's like planning abilities <laughs> let's just say that um Okay, there's another one. This one maybe you can address for you because um, we talked about this like final battle between Ahsoka and Morgan. Pretty cool, gotta admit. Um, but why was there like a whole squad of stormtroopers standing around them just watching the fight? Like in my mind, <laughs> like they they could have taken out Ahsoka. They, they had her dead to rights, right? It was uh, Ahsoka battling 
Morgan basically to a standstill. And these stormtroopers are just like standing around watching. I'm like, dude, just shoot her. Like, what are you doing? Why were they just standing there not doing anything? Any explanation there? No, that's just a, <laughs> that's just stupid writing. I can't tell. I can't justify that or uh, anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, go ahead, Christian. Uh, maybe because they, they're they're they weren't zombies, right? At they that are. point, the ones that were standing around. Yeah, because they're still the ones from like they were the... still the same ones. It wasn't the uh, fresh squad. Yeah. My my guess is that that's what she was commanding them to do. Uh-huh. Is that they were under some sort of uh, like kind of dark force? Quote, say they were under a spell. Yeah, mm. they were zombies, but they kind of been to Morgan Elspeth's will, and Morgan Elspeth wanted uh, them just to watch. She she wanted to to go mano imano with Ahsoka. That's my explanation. I don't know how how that uh you know that force power works. I've never seen that force power before. And I think uh neither did the characters actually at that point. So cuz I think they mentioned that at after after they fought all the zombies. That's so not that's bad. my guess. That's a but... pretty good explanation. <laughs> although I, I uh, although I would have liked her to sort of maybe like motion them off or something gives some sort of indication yeah i you think know, that would have been better you know, it also yeah. is kind of like yeah the stormtroopers are always useless that's a, that's kind of the meme <laughs> yeah. yeah uh okay just one last one of these um uh, this might be explainable too but uh a little earlier on um so this is when shin is going after ezra and sabine and um uh, Sabine and Ezra getting getting ready to battle. Um, and Sabine has all these weapons. She's got like, two blasters. She's got lightsaber. And she like hands Ezra her lightsaber. It's like, here, take this. And he's like, he's like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, and I, then she's I like, okay, the then take, take, yeah, take, take <sighs> these blasters. Like, no, 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 I'm good. He he refuses the weapons. And that was like, why, why the hell did he do that? Um, and then it's further baffling later when he himself does use a lightsaber to fight. So, like, why the hell did he not use weapons earlier? But then later on, he does. Yeah, I can't. I can't justify that one either. <laughs> I thought that was stupid. You know, just because, like, you know, I'm just thinking back to the show. Like Ezra was, he would always have his lightsaber with him. You know, and always want to use it. And. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I can't justify that either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of these could be considered nitpicky and gripes, but I think all together, like it, it just it led to a lot of frustration. Like just like it was me questioning like why are these characters doing these things? And um it just kind of took me sort of further out of the show, let's say. Mm. All right. Uh, so yeah, let's open it up. Any just general comments, uh, thoughts okay. on the show? So I kind of want to get your guys' take on, I mean, Henry, you kind of already said, but like Christian, like what was your take on Thrawn? Um, like Thrawn is definitely, uh, a character that's kind of like, he was known, I knew him from friends mentioning him in the EU. 
Uh, I think they're, I think it's called Heir to the Empire. Uh, is like one of the really big Star Wars EU books that features Thrawn. I think it's a trilogy. So I kind of knew who he was. I knew he was um, like this general, this Empire general. It was like it's supposed to be this master tactician. And like, but I never really saw Rebels, which I seems like it was featured very heavily in as like a major villain. And um, I think. I don't know. I thought like, I did think he was a bit underdeveloped. I'm not. I'm still not entirely sure what I think of Thrawn. Mm -hmm. I did think his plan was definitely kind of on the weak side, as I think Henry was kind of pointing out. <laughs> that it, it was just kind of this like, oh, let's throw some of this at him. Ah, they didn't. That's fine. Well, some of this at him. Ah, that's fine. All right. Uh, cargo's done. All right. Let's 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 get out of here. Mm -hmm. Let's just leave him behind. All right, whatever. Is it fair for me to say, like, for both of you, like, that maybe just, like, in this show that Thrawn was just, um, you know, because since the beginning, like, everybody's been saying, like, oh, like, the return of Thrawn, like, that's that's crazy, you know? Like, that's scary to think of. And then when he's finally introduced, like, you guys are just like, that's it? Like, he's not a big threat or anything like that, you know? Yeah. yeah, I also think it's because, like, we really liked Balin, you know? Balin, Skull, Shin, Morgan uh -huh. were all really cool. They were such a good, like, trilogy, uh -huh. or trilogy, triad uh, villains, you know? They had, uh -huh. like, um, they had, like, kind of, like, a little bit of everything. Uh -huh. And I think kind of, like, kind of moving them to the side for Thrawn... Only for Thrawn to not do something like really sinister, really evil, mm -hmm. really like it just felt it kind of felt like he was just kind of there, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, he wasn't like this, like he, he couldn't follow up. Like, stars always has known some like really cool villains, you know. And then, of course, Thrawn's there, you know, he has his history as that, but I think since. We never watched Rebels. We didn't really have the attachment, the same, yeah. I think, attachment to him as well. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So, um, you're, you're like, I was kind of a bit like, okay, like, let's, who, all right, who is this guy? Uh -huh. What's he going to do? Uh -huh. And I think it was just like, load some cargo. That, that's <laughs> it. Load some cargo, yeah. buy some time. All right, and leave. You know, I, I I guess I just wasn't in, as invested in that, you know? It's, okay, yeah. I guess just because, yeah, like, I've watched Rebels, so I know what Thrawn's capable of and kind of how he thinks. And I will say he is really, he's a really great Star Wars villain. Like, he's the type of person that, like, I guess is not, like, kind of what Henry said, like, full steam ahead. He's definitely, like, a... um. He plays a long-run game. He doesn't look for, like, the short victory. He tries to play, like, the long run. He is very much, oh, my gosh. He's just a really great strategist, you know. He he looks, he tries to understand his opponent. He looks for their weaknesses. He tries to 
understand like what is the more like resource resourceful way the most like way we could like achieve a win like he doesn't he's the type of villain that does not mind losing every now and then as long as he knows like and it's going to be better in the long run it's like i guess the best way i could describe thrawn is like it's like playing chess with him you know like he knows how what his next move is like five steps ahead to get that checkmate you know and I think that makes him really scary. Like, if you watch Rebels, do you understand, like, like, oh, shit, like, this guy means big, new, big, um, big business, you know? He's a big threat. And maybe it's just not shown that well within the show. But, like, when he was first introduced, and I forgot which episode, I remember it was, like, episode four or whatever, I had, like, the chills. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's fucking back. Like, I was like, oh, man. So, like, like every move he was making, I was, like, studying. And I was trying to figure it out, like, what's his, like, long step goal? Like, what game are you playing, you know? Because I, again, because I just know the character. I'm like, I know he's doing any one of these for like a stupid reason you know like when he was like oh we lost like 20 jet pilots like that's an acceptable um loss you know like he just has this like really sinister presence to him and it's really cool because the the actor who plays him um lars also voiced him in rebels so so huh so it was again like that whole like sinister like vibe like he knows how to play the character so again like i was getting fucking chills like anytime he spoke and like had dialogue and had like this like strategy of what he wanted to do um but maybe again like this is just me having that knowledge of what thrawn is capable of you know interesting stuff yeah yeah Yeah. so the more we talk about all this it it feels like this show really is not standalone is like (laughs) i mean because like there's all this background stuff that christian and i have not seen and then and like it's leading to other stuff too right so this whole like mid-season finale vibe i think there's something to that because like it it doesn't doesn't really function as a standalone story right Mm. um like never mind like clone clone wars and rebels like the end of this season doesn't even like pay off the beginning of the season right because like we've been saying the villains at the beginning of this show are different than the end, right? Like, so that I, I had a problem with that. We've kind of been touching upon that, but like, I thought it would have been cooler if they started and ended with Balin, Shen, and Morgan, or with Thrawn, right? Instead, they kind of like switched off, like in the middle, right? It just made it like it just is disjointed, and like it just, for example, like 
in the very beginning, um, Sabine is nearly killed, right? She has a showdown with Shin Hati and uh, they, they have a lightsaber duel and uh, Sabine is like way out of her depth. She's untrained and she is nearly killed. Actually, the, the episode one ends on a cliffhanger. It looks like she's dead. You're not sure, right? Turns out she's, she's not dead. Um, but I totally thought that there was going to be like this big rematch where Sabine is going to like defeat Shin at the end totally mm-hmm. didn't happen. Right. So that's like kind of a, like a loose thread. I feel like maybe they're saving that for later when Sabine is like more trained mm-hmm. in the Jedi arts. Um, but yeah, just, just, this is one of many examples of this season being like, uh, completely not standalone and feeling much more like just half of a season or maybe even like the middle section of a season, <laughs> you know, like it, it really just, it's uh, it, it is kind of like what I was saying, disjointed. So let's, let's get into that. Okay. Um, the, the, po- the question we posed earlier, how inside is too inside, right? There are a lot of references in this show to previous Star Wars material, primarily Clone Wars and Rebels. Like we've been saying a whole lot else too, though, right? Like it, the, like Anakin Skywalker is featured pretty prominently in the show. So the, the Star Wars prequel trilogy is, is certainly referenced. Um, just the timeline of everything, you know, makes you sort of think about the original Star Wars trilogy, how it ties in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, this is a great fandom question in general, because as we get more content, particularly with uh, like Star Wars and Marvel, I think, right? Disney is pumping out a lot of content. The more we get like the more like obscure references we're, we're getting, right? Uh, so maybe it's catering to hardcore fans a little more, but maybe it's sort of leaving casual fans in the in the dust a bit. I don't know. What what is your guys' thoughts on how inside is too inside? Hmm. Okay, like my take on this issue is one, it's a positive thing, but it could also be a very negative thing. It's a positive just because like you know, like feet fans like myself who've watched clone wars and rebels you know can really appreciate like these like small details of like how characters act or certain actions being done like for example this is probably something that totally went both of your guys' head is like at the end of the final episode um ezra has like a star star trooper outfit you know and that was like a common thing he had that he did in rebels like the first opening scene you meet ezra he has like a star troopers helmet collection and then throughout the show him and the rest of the rebels gang like dress up as stormtroopers to infiltrate empire like headquarters and stuff so for me when i saw that scene i was like oh he's gonna wear that suit so like when it showed him in that scene with him and Hera, I was like, that's Ezra, you know, like mm. it was a typical ah. like throwback to the Rebels TV show of all the heists that 
he did dress up as a stormtrooper, you know? So it's like those small details that I appreciate, but that could also be a negative because if you didn't watch the show, it doesn't have the same effect on you, you know? Like you could just be like totally lost or you don't have that same emotional connection, you know? And, you know, one, I feel like can make the same argument, not just for Star Wars, but like for Marvel, you know, like, I feel like they're trying to play this game with like their Disney Plus shows of like, right now, you know, with like, Loki going on and King being like the villain, you know, in that season, but he's also supposed to be like the big baddie for season for phase six, you know, it's like, how much do you have to watch to be in the loop of all of these, um, this continuing storyline, you know, is a movie good enough to stand alone? Like the biggest example I could think of is Black Panther, you know, or kind of Rogue One, but even like small Easter eggs connected to those larger universes, like of fans that know those shows and movies, like you're just like, oh my gosh, like, I know this, I connect to this, and I appreciate it, you know? Like, I guess even in Star Wars, like, the biggest one I could think of is Rogue One. Like, that's a complete standalone movie. You don't need to watch any of the other films. But, like, towards the end, where, like, Layla comes out, you know, and she has that, the the the, the device, you know? you know, like, that's how episode four starts out, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, this is how it's all connected, you know? So, it it could be a positive thing, but it could also backfire and be a very negative thing. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. Um, I think, like, the the big one I, like, I was thinking of, like, comparing it to, um, as far as one where I'm on one side and one where on the other side, is WandaVision. Um, which is, you know, the first, like, big Disney, or, uh, one of the first big Disney Plus ones, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, it's, it doesn't say what, if it's a sequel to anything, you know, it's, it's kind of its own, in a way, standalone thing. It's just about Wanda, her grief, um, but, like, there's so many different threads coming in from, uh, other Marvel stuff, you know, other Marvel movies, of course, Vision's really dead. From I get you know, spoilers for WandaVision, <laughs> um, and and Infinity War Endgame. But uh, you know, of course, you have uh, Vision's dead because he had the Infinity Stone. They they have like callbacks to her upbringing. They have you know they mention Ultron. You know, um, as well as well as bringing in um, other characters from other movies Mm -hmm. you know and nothing about wandavision says that you need to watch all these uh other marvel movies in order to get wandavision it just says wandavision and um of course i really really like wandavision wandavision is great um it was like a huge hit and a bunch of people i know who didn't really watch marvel movies or all that who were Ended up watching WandaVision, really liking it. Um, like my mom, for example. And and so um, I feel like that's, but there's so much kind of leading into WandaVision. Uh, whereas 
I completely got it. I love the callbacks. I love how it felt, felt like it advanced the story of the MCU. And it just kind of goes right into it while also having that little bit of mystery because you kind of know where Wanda is at that point um, or can kind of guess. Uh, uh, or is this, I, I feel like I was a bit on the opposite side where I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was this. Oh, I didn't. And it, I feel like I'm a, a little bit lost on it where it's like, uh, what do they mean by that? Oh, who are these characters? Why are they important? Uh, why do they need to find them? I got, a, I got most of the broad strokes watching this. But, you know, it doesn't say Rebels, it says Ahsoka. Um, and, of course, you had the lead-in for Mandalorian. You mm -hmm. had, and she's kind of this well-known character. You know, she's well, a well-known character, you know. I think similar to, say, Thrawn. But, like, it feels like it brings in so much other stuff that I felt like, oh, man, do I... I don't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> Who are these gods that uh, the mountaintops are based off of? Mm -hmm. uh, that that was apparently a big thing. Yes. <laughs> um, on this planet, you know. Who are these? Like, what is this plan at the end of Rebels where Ezra's on a different planet, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, wh who are these people Morgan Elspeth want really wants to meet up with stuff that is very specific to Ruffles and Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a bit of, it felt like, Oh, they felt like there was like a disconnect for me. Um, also think another example, uh, I think Mandalorian season two, three also very much heavily tie into rebels and Clone Wars. Right. Cause you have characters like Moff Gideon, you have Bo-Katan, um, yeah. You have the dark saber. You have elements of it, but I didn't. I never really felt quite nearly as long. I felt like I I picked up what I missed very easy, very quickly from Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And I really like the two characters. I think the the actor uh, the actors uh, did a really great job with those two characters uh, of Gideon and Katan. So I never felt that disconnect quite the same way I did with this show. I'm not sure if I could give a, a completely definitive answer um, why that was, but uh, it's just something I noticed while watching, you know? Got it, got it. Yeah, man, I will say this. Uh, Dave Filoni, who is the showrunner for Soka, he took a very bold stance here, right? He decided to take this approach of, well, we're just going to like hit the ground running and we're going to continue the story from Rebels, right? Like you guys have been saying this show is essentially Rebels season five. And and that's kind of like that was his approach. It really seems right. Mm -hmm. um so i had mentioned during our expectations that i was looking forward and curious uh about uh getting to know ahsoka tano right 
And I did not have that opportunity because I was just thrown into this world. I'm like, who's Ezra? Who's Thrawn? Like, who? What's what's going on? Like, um, where in the timeline am I? Um, and I, I was playing detective for so much of this season. A lot of the times failing. I'm completely clueless. Some of them, I some of it, I was able to piece together. It's like, oh wait, oh, uh, that that's a reference to Order sixty six. I I get that. I get that. <laughs> or like, oh wait, this does okay. This is like post Jedi, uh, uh, like, pre Force like, Awakens. You know, like you're like Steve Rogers, and I want seeing an Avengers. Yes. I understand the reference. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Like I got that. Um, but yeah, that that my curiosity for this Ahsoka character just turned into like me scrambling to figure out what was going on um so yeah i mean i will say i will say this it is kind of a a kind of a bold move like i was saying like he just took this approach which was a little different you know like he decided to say you know what we're, we're not gonna do the backstory thing Mm-hmm. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna move. We're just gonna move the story along. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you gotta look shit up on Google, then that's what you gotta do. You know. <laughs> um, okay. And then for me, the bottom line is I've been thinking about this a bit, but it kind of goes back to something we we've talked a lot about, and that's fan service, right? So a lot of the Easter eggs and the references in this show can be considered fan service right they don't necessarily mean much to the show itself like the the stormtrooper disguise we we're talking about to me and christian is just like a dude wearing a stormtrooper outfit to mm-hmm. to stay off the empire's radar but to prefer you wait a minute it's this whole like uh uh, love letter to to the rebel series and like there's 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 so much more meaning to it right yeah um and that's cool um but again bottom line like with fan service fan service is, is great but it can't come to the expense of your main story right if it becomes cumbersome or intrusive like that then we have a problem and i found like that was definitely the case here where Dave Filoni's decision to hit the ground running made essentially the whole show like fan service of Rebels fans, you know, um, where people who haven't seen the previous stuff are kind of left in the dark. Um, And it's sort of like fan service gone too far, maybe you could say. Um, But yeah, that's that's kind of my my thoughts there. Mm. Tell me how you really feel now, Henry. I'm just <laughs> well, so but but okay, and then and back to the question we're we're posing: uh, how inside is inside is too inside? I mean, I, to personally, I think you can look to this show. Like this show just takes it too far. I mean, I again, I kind of tip my hat to Dave Filoni. He kind of took a risk here. He's like, let's just try this thing. Like, what if we just like fucking don't give any backstory? Let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> The fans, the the hardcore fans will love it, you know, Um, and it's just I think it's too far. It's it's just it's it's um, it's too much not a standalone series. It's just it's it's too inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Question, I guess, going off of that, what 
if it wasn't named Ahsoka, if it, it instead it was named Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, you mm -hmm. know, same name as the show. It doesn't really have to say new season, season five or whatever. Um, would it have like a different like? Yeah, would you feel a bit differently about it if it was named <laughs> Star Wars Rebels? You know, this is funny. I think this is the same kind of conversation we had about um, Secret Invasion. You know, like whether or not, like, if it was named Secret Invasion or not, would we have like a different, oh, like, yeah. right, right, take mm -hmm. on oh, it? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a very different reasoning, but yeah, a similar question. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like, yeah, like, you know, as much as I do love this show, it is not about Ahsoka. It's about, like, yeah. if Thrawn is going to return, you know? And Ahsoka happens to be on this journey. She happens to be the main character. But the show is not about her, you know? I think maybe her name was just kind of like a clickbait kind of thing. But hmm. it would have been a lot more uh, appropriate if it was called something like, oh... Um, like finding escaping the dark or whatever you know or mm -hmm. like or something like that you know but that's not clickbait enough for folks to go <laughs> in and watch it you know yeah yeah and um so i feel like yeah i just i think like you know for i mean this is just my take you guys have should have better answers, but I think yeah, like if this should have been named something else differently, because I appreciate and love this show, but I think it should have been named something else. Yeah, I mean, I do agree it would have helped if it was called something different because there was an expectation. Like I I thought I was really going to get to know the Ahsoka character. And in the mm -hmm. end, I really felt like I didn't. I didn't really get to know her. Mm -hmm. um, that said, with a different title, I would have the same problems with the show that I've laid out here. So mm -hmm. um, that's my take. Uh, you... Oh, go oh, ahead, yeah. Christian. Go ahead. I was going to ask a follow-up question. Go for it. Um, it's essentially season five, but it's in a completely different, say, medium, mm -hmm. you know, um, animation to live action. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to, you know, make it say that one is better than the other. Of course, they are just different. They have different styles. They have different, you know, um, ways, but they're different ways of telling the same of telling the same story. Okay. Story of Star Wars. Uh -huh. um, and so do you guys feel any would you see like a bit of a disconnect there? Um, I don't want to say that uh, any of it was, of course I haven't seen any of Rebels, so I really can't speak to any of it. Um, but like it, it, the translation you, of like the storyline or the character. Yeah. So. Did everything fully translate? Was there any sort of like disconnect? Do you find any disconnect of it? I think between a, a change in uh, essentially a change in complete medium, but still within the same universe. Mm -hmm. I again, like, I think that this 
show did justice. I think just because, again, Dave Filoni was part, you know, he was a showrunner on this show and he wrote Rebels, you know, and Clone Wars. So just the fact that he was able to continue writing the show, he's very familiar with this universe, the characters and their personalities that like it was able to translate very well, you know, like I told, I said like Sabine has like this like punk kind of like doesn't really listen to like um, instructions and authority really well. Like that translated from the show to the um, to this live action. Um, what's her name? Uh, Hera. Like she totally had continued this like leadership in the show and continued it in this in this in in this live action of just like taking risks you know even if it meant like putting her body on the line you know um so i think the show did a pretty good justice of for the characters and just like that storyline from rebels you know Very cool. Yeah. Okay. I want to get your guys' takes on some things, since I know you guys aren't that familiar with Clone Wars and Rebels. So, episode five, when Ahsoka is, like, in that force, the world between worlds, that's what it's called, with Anakin Skywalker, and they go back to the Clone Wars. Like, what did you guys think of that episode? Like, and I don't know if you guys know this, but that episode was actually shown in theaters. Oh, huh. Oh, really? I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah. Again, I don't know if, like, what you said, Henry, if this is going to be, this was like an episode that was meant for, like, those hardcore fans that they were like, this is a big deal. Like, you need to watch this on the big <laughs> screen, you know? Yeah. But so I want to know, like, from someone who, from folks that hadn't watched Clone Wars and, yeah, basically Clone Wars. How did this episode um uh what effect did it have on you guys, you know? If any. <laughs> um I, I'll I'll start. I actually I did I did quite like this episode. Um I think it's probably my favorite episode of the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually the highest rated one on IMDb for um for good reason. A lot of reasons. Yeah, like they kind of <laughs> knew like this is the big one. It was shown in theaters. Of course, it's got Darth Vader in it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is a bit of fan service done right. I think that you get a lot of backstory of who Ahsoka is in this, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of context of who she is, whether or not you really watched Clone Wars and saw her introduction and really saw her grow throughout the show. You get to see her with Anakin. You get to see like this like little mini, uh, you know, kid Ahsoka on her first mission. Uh, and you see like these little flashbacks, you know, like mm-hmm. I do wish the show had a little, uh, in a way, like a little more of this, or even if this was, this could have almost been the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like it visually, it was really cool. Of course you get a cool lightsaber battle with uh ahsoka and darth vader mm-hmm. and um i think one thing you know i'll 
is uh Hayden Christensen. I, it's really cool to see Hayden Christensen finally kind of get like the the love amongst the fans. I think mm -hmm. you know, back in the early 2000s, uh a lot of fans were very very, you know, mm -hmm. vocal vocally against Hayden Christensen. And I think in a lot of the prequel movies, this is a bit of a tangent, sorry, but um I think he actually did pretty well as Anakin Skywalker when he was able to really act. I think I was mentioning that prequel acting being very stiff. Mm. And of course, there are a lot of really, really bad dialogue lines in the, you know, no <laughs> one can really make that sand line sound good. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good of an actor you have, you know, the dialogue, I think the way a lot of it was directed was, was really, really bad and turned out a lot of people's worst performances. Mm -hmm. And so I think when Hayden Christensen really got to visually act, especially in Wretch of the Sith, I thought he was pretty good. And I think now, you know, I think a lot of people have really come back to that. You see a lot of people cheering that, oh, my God, it's Hayden Christensen. He's <laughs> Darth Vader. And I think that's more, you know, it's almost like an appreciation for him he's finally having his day mm -hmm. so i think that's another plus to this episode so okay. right on I, I did really like it henry that's cool um yeah i i liked what you mentioned about hayden christensen because it kind of reminds me of andrew garfield in no <laughs> way home it's yeah. like you know yeah. there was so much hate previously and um there's a little bit of uh, redemption here. Right. And, you know, who doesn't love a comeback story? Uh, and yeah, you know, the episode was cool. Um, really cool. Yeah. Christian, you mentioned like, um, wouldn't it have been cool if the whole episode was, was this scene, right? This mm -hmm. flashback. Mm -hmm. I'm almost thinking, the whole season should have been this shit, you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, the young Ahsoka, right? Um, we've been kind of complaining about like uh, the elder statesman Ahsoka being kind of a boring character. Um, I was introduced to Ahsoka in the Clone Wars animated movie, and it was this like new, vibrant, young, energetic character um had this like really unique look and um it was exciting right and you kind of you kind of get that in this episode too right um so it's it's almost like damn maybe they should have like gone this way <laughs> just make the whole show this this stuff uh so uh but, but, yeah bottom line is uh yeah all, all that, that stuff was cool i, I enjoyed it the flashbacks mm -hmm. were cool yeah, my take on that one, yes, she, the uh, young Ahsoka is really awesome. And fun fact, this is the same actress who was um, young Gamora in Infinity War. Ah, cool. And uh, she played the daughter in Barbie, Christian. Oh, mm -hmm. really? Uh-huh. Nice. Um, so kudos to her for having a good career at a young age. <laughs> um. Two, yes. Uh, or I know for a fact over the years, Hayden's gotten a lot more um, appreciation for his character as Anakin. And I know he's definitely said in multiple interviews, he credits a lot to like how his character was written in Clone Wars. Because like you said, Christian, like 
nobody liked him in the prequels. Like the acting was just really bad. The writing was just horrible. And then like, you know, we get the Clone Wars and the, there's just more depth with the character. And so when he was in, reintroduced in Obi-Wan, there was just a lot more love, and especially in this episode, a lot more love and appreciation for this character. And I feel like, you know, like he, how Hayden said, it's due to like his character just being like fully developed within the Clone Wars TV show, you know? And yeah, that episode was definitely one of my favorites. I could see why, like, it was picked to go in theaters. Like, it was just a total throwback to the Clone Wars. And it, it if you watch the Clone Wars, like, you would understand what I mean. Like, the Clone Wars is such a really great, well-written TV show. Um, there's a character that was shown in there, Rex. I don't know if you guys know who Rex is. Captain Rex. He was, like, one of the the generals like he had like a blue helmet and everything okay kind of he was a yeah clone trooper he just like the one one of the most beloved characters in the clone wars so for him to have like his like live action debut i was just like oh, that's <laughs> like i was like <laughs> like it was really i had a fangirl moment like it was mm. really really awesome um but like above all that i just appreciate like I think that episode had a lot of what I think was what Clone Wars and Rebels did really well. And that is like the, I guess, like psychology and stories, story, like um, script within these episodes. It doesn't like have to be like all like blood, um, guns are blazing you know you get there's like all these like the at the end of the day these guys are people and there's like this like big universe that's going on and i feel like the clone wars like really kind of shows you how big the star wars universe is instead of just going from like planet to planet you really easily you know it's more like a small area and i feel like that episode really emphasized on like that kind of um sp- i don't know if this is the right word but kind of like spiritualism of what those shows were about you know mm. right on okay so we're going a little long and man i gotta say love it or hate it this show is sparking a lot of conversation <laughs> i think we could go on and on about this uh this tv show yeah um but let's get to wrapping up uh let's get to our ratings how would you rate ahsoka on a scale of one to five so maybe we should leave preferio for the end yeah <laughs> let's do that uh and maybe uh christian you want to kick it off yeah here? i'll start us off um so i think with Ahsoka, uh, I feel like there's a lot of just general context I'm missing with what I saw. Um, for better or for worse, I think there's a lot of great stuff for fans um, of Rebels, specifically Star Wars Rebels, it seems. And I guess Rebels Clone Wars, you know, specifically. Um, and as someone going into Ahsoka completely blind, um, I felt kind of confused uh, most of the time. Didn't really latch onto the characters as much as I wanted to. But that said, uh, I still think um, 
when there were spots that uh, I I recognized and uh, the part like the top of some really great visuals, I was having a good time. I I think that um, it, it, but it it is really one hundred percent for the fans of of Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, and so take this, I guess, take, I guess what I've said with a big grain of salt with it, watching it, but I think I'm feeling a two, uh, on this one. I will say maybe is I did like it better than Obi-Wan and Boba Fett at the end of the day, <laughs> mm. stuff that I did know all about, you know, mm-hmm. characters yeah. that I knew all about, but, um, I think maybe it's cause I was so disappointed with those the series mm-hmm. whereas this one I was like I don't really get it but I'm kind of enjoying it so uh, I will say that so I'm, th- I'm feeling a 2 out of 5 cool cool okay I can go next um, yeah I agree with a lot of what you mentioned Christian I too am giving this a 2 out of 5 yeah it's almost like there should be two ratings in a way right have you seen clone wars and rebels well then (laughs) this otherwise that (laughs) and i'm in that that category right if you haven't seen clone wars or uh yeah clone wars or rebels um then this show is not for you (laughs) it's just too confusing uh there are too many references that you need to have it's not like optional there's there's stuff in the show that you you just need to know you it's, need to know it's not like it's not that easy to like fill in the blanks like i think it was christian yeah. who said like you guys did that for mandalorian you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh it, it's, it's it's just too much work mm-hmm. <laughs> um not to say it's a total dud um there are things uh aesthetically in particular to enjoy about this has some cool villains, you know, uh, with with Star Wars and a lot of the superhero stuff we talk about. Um, it's tough to have uh, some cool, compelling villains. I think this show has it. Um, but ultimately, it's too inside. And, um, and personally, I just didn't care enough about <laughs> the story or the lead characters. So, yeah, it's a two. Okay, on to you, Perfurio. So this is coming from someone who's seen Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, I really loved it. I it was a really great callback to all um, those two TV shows. Um, it was yeah, like you guys both said, it's a love letter to those fandoms, to those Star Wars fans who have watched those shows. And um I am just going to straight up say, yeah, I loved it. Five out of five. I It was one of those few shows where I was anxiously waiting 6 p.m. every week to watch it because I was like, I want to know what's going to happen next. I was really invested in the storyline and the characters and um, all that, all that fun stuff. So I enjoyed it and it is, I am, as much as I enjoyed it, though, I really just have to put a red flag out there. 
that the show does not do does not do well as a standalone um project you really do have to watch rebels and clone wars to understand what's going on and i don't know if i could give that same rating five five out of five if i didn't watch those shows um so that's a big i feel like kind of failure on the show that's my big red flag but other than that as someone who did watch it i loved it (laughs) all right there you have it yeah and just to follow up on that real quick I think it's really cool that you loved the show Perfurio and like I think it's pretty special when you can see a movie or watch a show that really is like for you. It felt like this was made for me and you know we've been talking about oh this is too inside whatever but if it's like even if it's like a small group like if it Maybe particularly if it's a, if it's a small group, if you feel like oh man, this is really meant for me, that that feeling, I I know that feeling, man. It, it's a it's an awesome feeling. It's great. Uh-huh. Um, that's cool. And I would even go so far to say that in this world we're in, where we're getting tons of content, maybe it's okay if there's some stuff that is meant just for like a niche group. Right? Like, there's so much shit out there. If you haven't seen Clone Wars and Rebels, A, maybe go watch those, then go watch this. Or maybe just, okay, you can skip ah- Ahsoka. It's not for you. I'm I'm saying that. You don't need to watch the show. It's not a great show if you haven't seen that stuff, right? <laughs> That's okay. I got, like, a shit ton of other stuff that I can watch. There's just so much content now, right? Um, so there is something special about, like these niche kind of projects right so um yeah it it can be kind of a cool thing okay uh lastly we do love to talk about comic books on this show and um none of us are huge star wars comics readers um but preferio sounds like you've read some do you have any comics recommendations for us yeah sure so yeah one of my favorite characters in the star wars universe poe dameron who's played by oscar isaac in the new disney sequel films he has his own comic series it's a 31 issue series um and you know it's just basically his life like uh before you know the force awakens and just how he became like a rebel pilot you know for the resistance and it's pretty cool um it's a fun you know like i i think it includes some elements from the tv shows or from the movies that you understand and i guess like what we've been saying throughout this show like when you catch those Easter eggs that they use from like the films in the in the comics or vice versa, you're just like, ah, I get that reference and you can appreciate it a little more. Um, but I do, I do enjoy this comic series just because again, like he was one of my favorite characters. So I do recommend it, checking it out. Awesome, awesome, good stuff. With that, we can wrap up the episode. This is farewell from Henry. Perfurio and Christian.